know. Hallelujah. I like Wednesday nights because it's like family, you know. Teaching like teaching my kids, you know. Thank you, my father. So welcome back. If there's any new guests, you know, this is um, I'm Pastor Jesse, a Bible teacher for Wednesdays and for any other times when I need teaching, you know. You give me the mic and I teach. I don't preach, but I teach in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, my father. Tonight I'm gonna I'm gonna teach. I know I said this last week uh, that I was gonna teach on finances. You know, we need to be rounded, right? We need to know everything. You know, we need healing, the Holy Ghost, uh, the power. But we also need finances because God wants us to be, be wise in our finances. And he wants us to grow. And there's the Bible way, you know. I mean, there's not just finances. You know, when, we, when you start hearing what, what the way we teach finances at this church is not like most people say, well, they just want to, all they talk is about money. No, you know, it, we the Bible talks about money, and we need to understand that, you know. So tonight I'm gonna I'm gonna teach on finances, and but uh, but but uh, that's uh, kingdom finances. Everybody say kingdom finances. Thank you, Jesus. The title for this message I normally don't have titles, but I do have one for this one. The title for this message is manifesting abundance the kingdom way. Manifesting abundance the kingdom way. But what do I mean by abundance? You know, when, when I say abundance, I mean having an ample quantity, you know, ample quantity, okay, of wealth, a life of abundance or a life with a degree of plentifulness. That's the way Jesus wants us to live. So tonight is going to be the foundation for our study. So take notes. You know, this might be a two or three part study, you know, because it's extensive, you know, to, to really, I can't teach all of this in one session, you know. I used to, I used to have a class called God Stewards. Was that, was that here, Ram? Was that God Stewards? Or no, somewhere else? Uh, anyway, so I taught finances, of, uh, you know, uh, God Stewards, but we're stewards of his finances. And uh, so, it, but it was extensive study, but it wasn't just one night. I mean, you have to, maybe, maybe part one or part two. So just be ready, Okay. Hallelujah. Jesus taught on how to create an abundance. He taught us. He said, a fruit tree should produce fruit. A plant with an abundance of flowers is a beautiful plant. Nothing that Jesus created is for, like, to have nothing on it, you know. Everything that he created is for an abundance, so people are to see it, you know. And I often, I often teach on... on, on uh, you know, learning to speak the language of God. And he used words like this, plenty, boatful, bushel, multiplicity, hundredfold, plateful, trunk loads, no limit. That's, that's God's language. That's, that's, what, that's, how, that's how he speaks. Now, Listen to our former defeated language you know, when we were in the world. <laughs> and the world still uses this, this kind of language. Are you ready? A little bit. A mite. Peanuts. <laughs> Inadequacy. Undersupply. Not enough. Can't afford it. Fixed income. 
you know, I need to go to Walmart because it's cheaper. You know, that's, that's the world. But that's not the, that's the, I, I like God's language better, right? I have plenty, you know. I have plenty. Hallelujah. That sounds better, don't you? So let me tell you why. Because our words create. See? Our words create. The reason we stayed broke most of the time is because we spoke that way. When you say, I don't have enough, I can't afford it, then you, 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 just, you just gave the devil an open door. See? So, so that's why you have to speak God's language. That's what I said when I, John Osteen taught me to say, my house is paid for when I didn't even have a house. That was his God's language. I had plenty of money in the bank. I didn't have none. No, I didn't even have, I don't even had a bank account. <laughs> but that was his language, you know. So I started speaking his language. You know? Talking about John Osteen, you know, when I, when I start thinking about prosperity, you know, I have a, I have, I promised you guys I was going to give you something, right? This is treasure. How I many of you know that John Olsen was one of our generals in the faith? You know, you know Smith Wigglesworth, uh, you know, Kenneth Hagan, where John Olsen is right, right up there with him, you know. And, and he wrote this himself, a syllabus on prosperity by John Olsen, Pastor John Olsen, hallelujah. He was my pastor. Anyway, so I'm going to pass everybody one. And while they, everybody take one, you know, because, I mean, this is something special. It's, it's, it's a treasure, you know, and you can study that. But uh, what I think Joy, I gave Joy, uh, yeah, I gave Joy a book on John Osteen. So if you all had, didn't, never heard of John Osteen, Joy, come up and he's going to tell you a little bit about what he read on a, on a book that I gave him. Because I had, I had uh, five men of God that I gave books on, and they were going to make a report on him. I think we already had Smith Wigglesworth, and uh, we still have three or four left, but uh, when I'm about to teach something that they, that they taught, I'd like you to know who they are, so George, don't take too long because i got a long study here. Hi, everybody. Uh, I'm sure you guys have seen, up, seen me up here before. Um, so, I had the pleasure of reading a book called Becoming a Man of Unwavering Faith by John Olstein. And when I could tell you that it was a an amazing change that I could see in myself as I got further and further in the book. It really opened up my eyes. Um, like for the first thing that I noted that he talks about, he kind of talks about his life when he grew up. He grew up in the Great Depression. He was born to a family of cotton farmers. So you guys can imagine how hard that life was. And as he was growing up, he always had his old best friend. I kept inviting him to church, telling him, God loves you. But he never went. One day he goes and he's hooked. He's hooked, and there he is. He lived, it, That's like the groundwork for the rest of his life. And I'm not saying that his life was perfect after that. We all know that, you know, hardships come. But from one, one of the things I learned in his book was that, you know, we have to stand firm in our faith, that we have to believe what God says. We have to study his word, believe it, put action to it, put our faith behind it, and know that it's going to be done. So whenever Pastor Jesse was asked, we spoke a little bit earlier and he was talking to me about, you know, this, this week's lesson is starting on prosperity. It really moved me because halfway throughout the book, we're looking at the section where he says, God gives us salvation, healing, prosperity, strength, victory, and so much more. All we have to do is receive it, 
reach out in our faith into the supernatural and receive it from God. Now, Hebrew, as we know, as in Hebrews 11.1, 1, says, Now faith is the assurance, title, deed, and confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of the reality, faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. Essentially saying, you won't see it, you won't smell it, you won't touch it, you won't taste it, you're not going to, it's not there in the physical sense. But supernaturally, we know it's there because God has given it to us because it's one of his promises. Hallelujah. So that gives you an introduction on what kind of man he was. Because I brag about him all the time, but, he, but I'm you know, partial because he's like my dad, you know. Hallelujah. So anyway, are you ready? <laughs> oh, hallelujah. So let's say, you know, who came hungry tonight? I'm already getting waves from people that they go, that they like what they have in their hands. So, you know, treasure it, you know. I mean, I've kept, I don't know, he wrote this probably 20 years ago. But, uh, but I've kept a, a copy in my, in my office, and I thought, man, everybody needs to have one. So I went ahead and, and made several hundred copies, you know. So we have, we have plenty for other people that want one, you know. Because um, everything that helps the kingdom of God, our children, the, the, the God's children, it's good for us, you know. And, and we can't go wrong by, by, you know, studying men of God like him, you know, and Kenneth Hagin and, you know, Smith Wigglesworth. I think we got one in Bosworth coming up, you know, uh, a testimony on that. So hallelujah, you know. Thank you, Jesus. So let's uh, open our Bibles uh, to Isaiah 119 in the King James Version. Isaiah 119. You know, and put those uh, books up because you know those are for you to study on your own, not tonight. So it just I just came to you. <laughs> that's not we're not that's not our Bible study tonight. That's that's for you to study on your own when you get home, you know, and keep it in your wherever you study and every day open it up and read a little bit and learn. Hallelujah. So I I don't want to see nobody reading right now. Everybody look at me, except unless you read Isaiah, you know. Unless you're reading Isaiah 119. Who's reading Isaiah 119? If not, I think it's on the board, you know. Isaiah 119. If you, he's talking to us. If you be willing and obedient, and if you have that in your Bible underlined, if you be willing, see, because you have to be willing and you have to be obedient. And some people are not willing, and some people are not obedient, you know. So if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. See, that's a promise from God, you know, to all of us. Hallelujah. See, I, I, and I'm talking to Christians. I'm talking to born-again children of God. I'm not talking about the, just if you're not born again, you need to get born again, become a child of God, a kingdom citizen. When you become a kingdom citizen, then I'm talking to you. And he says, you know, you know, I made a note to myself here. It says, some are not willing. You actually have some, some Christians that are not willing to obey God. Whatever, it, you know, it is my own tithing or giving or whatever, they have their own ideas, and they're not willing 
and God can't make you do it. You have to be willing. He can't override your will. If you refuse it, that's why some people receive healing like that, and some don't because some people are willing, right? You know, they're willing and obedient, and some are not willing. And you have then, for whatever reason, their will cannot be over overridden by the power, even by the power of God. He gave all of us a will. And we, we have to will it. We have to voluntarily come to him. That's what faith is, you know. So some, unfortunately, some are not willing. And some won't obey. Even they read it over, and that's why you have to go Wednesday, uh, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. That's why I said, because all of a sudden you're going to start, okay, I, you know, I need to obey that. You know, some people hear about the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but they're not willing to get, to get it, and they're not obedient to get it. And then one day, after hearing several messages, they said, you know, I need that. And then they come up here and they willingly receive it, and that's the key, willingly, and then in, in, in obedience. We had baptism. How, how many got, saw that baptism Sunday Sunday morning, like, you know, <laughs> instant baptism. We didn't, have, we didn't schedule it. But, you know, and, and, and so we saw they were willing and obedient. And when we baptized, you said, in obedience to the word, I baptize you. So I'm not baptizing you just because you want to be dunked in the water. You know, I'm baptizing you because, because, you, because in obedience, I'm obeying the word and you're obeying the word. So in obedience to the word, I baptize you. That's why it's ta- it takes, that's why it's, you know, it's real. Because we're obeying, we're not doing it just for fun. We're doing it in obedience. That's why it's, uh, children, you know, a lot of times I don't like to baptize children that they don't understand what they're doing because they just want to get wet, you know. <laughs> and they have no idea that they're obeying because they haven't even read that scripture yet, you know. So once you read it, you, man, I'm, I'm willing. And look, the, bapt- the people that got baptized, man, they... They got it, right? That's, you know, they came out of the water like, boo, you know, they, they got it. Because they obey. They were willing and obedient, okay? Hallelujah. And some, there's just three categories, you know. The other category is some don't get it because they lack knowledge. That's why you have to come to Bible study, so that somebody can break it down to you because some don't know. And they, and they find out, well, I didn't know that, that that I had to do this, you know? And so they lack knowledge, and because you lack knowledge, that's your fault, you know? If you lack knowledge, you know, if you didn't know the speed limit was 50, and you tell the policeman, I didn't know, that's too bad, he's still going to give you a ticket, you know? (laughs) I mean, so you have to know, you know? You have to find out what God says so you can do it, you know? So Isaiah 119 in the Living Bible, I don't know if you have the Living Bible, but in the, in, the, in the Living Bible, it says, if you, again, that starts with those two letters, at words, if you. It's, not talking to, it's talking to us when we read it, if you. See? So don't, don't say it, he's talking to you next, next to you or your wife or your husband. No, he's talking to you. said, if you will only, see, those are, those are heavy words. If you will only let me help you. So, so that's insinuation. Some people don't let them help. They want to do everything on their own. If you just let me help you, if you will only obey, then I will make you rich. 
Come on. That's, that's God's word. You know, some people criticize Christians because they say we talk about money. Well, God just said, God just used the word rich. He didn't say, uh, I'll make you poor. You know, and sometimes you need to testimonies because you need people that came broke and became rich. See? And a lot of people, like somebody said, that, oh, Brother Carlos thought I was bragging, you know, but, but, he didn't see me when I came in. A ninth grade dropout came in making nine dollars an hour. I was really I was poor. But I became rich. You know, and I'm not afraid to say it. So what is rich? Rich means that I have enough for anything I want. When I want. You know, and when I, 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 I said a testimony not too long ago when I heard somebody said, well, you, don't, you can't do that because you don't have insurance for that. And, 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 and I said, well, why can't I just pay cash? And he said, well, because it's too expensive. And, then, and I had to stop that lady on the phone and says, ma'am, can you tell me what's expensive to you? <laughs> and she was talking about $400. I said, no, I can pay $400 a week or whatever, you know. I mean, I, I, I don't need insurance. And, and she just didn't know what to say. Because most people, they are expensive could be anything. It could be $100, could be 50 could be 1000 So I was, I was waiting to hear some big old figure, you know. <laughs> because rich means you can afford it. But he just said here that if you are willing and you let me help you, I will make you rich. See, we need to know that so that we won't get run scared when the world criticizes us. You know, I, they're not going to criticize me. I'm, I, God said it. Now, what, what made me rich? I was, I let him help me. Of course, he used the man, John Osteen, to teach me this. But he taught me in conversation, not just in the church, I mean, I became his, like his right-hand man in purpose because I wanted to follow him. I wanted to, go, I wanted to go eat with him. I wanted to go, you know, I want to become his best friend, you know, like not only my pastor, but, but it was my, you know, I got I to gotta get whatever this man has. And so it's up to you to get connected with somebody that, that has something that you want, you want to see how they live. I want to see how he... You know, I mean, I knew his family. I knew, you know, he, he took me inside his, 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 his surrounding, you know. And because of that, I got to, I got to go eat with Kenneth Hagen and Lester Summerall, you know, and all, all those men of God, you know, Norval Hayes, because I went in with him. I drove him. So I'll drive you. I'll drive your car, you know. <laughs> and and, 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 and I would sit on a table over here while they were over here, but I could hear everything they were saying. See? But that's wisdom. And that's, what I, that's how I learned, you know. Because what do, what do four men of God talk about when they go eat? God. <laughs> Miracles. Things they see and things that happen. You know, things that we probably, uh, the average person couldn't understand, you know. I mean, that's, that's what, you know, they talk about things like that. And so, and, and, and I got a chance to, to be with them and because I, I he said, if you just let me help you, I'll make you rich. Am I going too easy for you? See, that's, we need to know these things, you know. 
Aleluya. Wow. What a promise, huh? Man, take that with you tonight. Wow. John chapter 2, 1 to 5 in the Living Translation. It says, the next day, there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples were also involved in the celebration. The wine supply ran out during the festivities. So Jesus' mother told him, they have no more wine. And Jesus answered, dear woman, that's not our problem. Jesus replied, my time has not yet come. But his mother, now this is key, this verse, underline it. But his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. See, you underline those scriptures. So it's also telling you today, not a wedding celebration, but anything that's happening, do whatever he tells you. Do whatever Jesus tells you. Jesus, who is Jesus? The Word. He's Jesus. We don't have to think, see a man walking down that tells you something. No, he became, he was the Word, became a man. But do whatever the Word tells you because the Word is Jesus. You understand? That's how you, that's how you study, that's how you get the Bible inside of you. You don't just read it like a story. A lot of people have, a lot of religious people read this story, they don't even know what they read. Verse 5 is key. Obey. Do what the Word tells you. In that case, the mother was talking about the Son, Jesus. In our case, He's the Word for us. Are you getting it? Then John 14, 15 in the Amplified. John 14, 15 in the Amplified. The, the third word, if you, do you have it up there? If you, the third, the third word is key. If you really, see, underline really. Not if you love me. Everybody says, I love Jesus. You hear that all the time. Oh, how I love Jesus. But if you really love me. You will keep, obey, there's another word, my commands. That's simple, right? That's not hard. If you really love me, you obey my commands. Well, what's his commands? The word of God. Everything that he wrote in the word is his commands. If we really love me, you will keep my commands. If we were smart, we would always keep his commands because his commands always brings an abundance. His command never brings lack. When he said, let it be, it was let it be. When he created a tree, he created the fruit in abundance. Jesus has never told you to do something that's going to cause you to lack. Obey my commands or my word. 
or you do whatever I tell you. He's talking to us. You do whatever I tell you. I'm going slow because it's like I'm teaching kindergarten. <laughs> Somebody said they like the way I teach like that. Well, I want to teach simple so you can't leave saying I didn't understand. Hallelujah. So my question to you would be, are you ready to do what Jesus taught us to do? Okay. Ready to do what Jesus taught us to do. So let me let you in on a powerful word of wisdom from an elder. And I qualify. <laughs> My wife told me something really good today. I got really happy because I, 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 I said something, you know, and I, and, I, and, I, and I wish was positive. I said, after all, I'm 70. And, and she said, that's not old. And I said, oh, thank you, Jesus. That was, that's, I wanted to hear that. You know? Thank you, my father. So if you open your ears, that's, that's, this is a wisdom that I'm giving you. <laughs> you ready? If you open your ears of understanding. See? Now, I didn't say open your ears because I know everybody here hears me. But open your ears of understanding. That's different. That's a different ear. Don't go home saying, well, I heard everything he said, but I didn't understand none of it. See? So if you open your ears of understanding and then begin to practice the knowledge that you will hear tonight. Everybody say tonight. Open your ears of understanding and begin to practice what you're going to hear tonight. And maybe part two or next week, God willing, because I, I know this is extensive study. I don't think I can do it in one session. But if you do that, how many will do that? Then you'll be able to manifest some great increase in your finances. You'll be able to manifest some great increase in your finances. This information came from revelation knowledge. And most key verses will come from the book of Mark. Everybody say the book of Mark. Chapter 4. And I, and I would like to ask you to study Mark chapter 4 when you go home or tomorrow. Study Mark chapter 4 and see what God reveals to you. That was revelation to me by studying. Studying deeply into, into the book of Mark, chapter 4, but you read it and then see what you get as far as revelation. Because you ask the Holy Spirit, as you're studying Mark, chapter 4, reveal to me some deep secrets from this chapter. The truths in Mark 4 have been around for over 2,000 years. But few churches really teach it. Really teach it correctly. Some people read Mark chapter 4 as a story, but you got to get the revelation of Mark chapter 4. Okay? Many teachers have missed it. And, and you know, of what Jesus meant. It's not, it's not hard to miss it if you, don't, if you don't have the Holy Spirit. So if you go to a place where they don't have the Holy Spirit, they, they can't teach because the Holy Spirit is your 
the revealer of and the teacher. And if you don't have the Holy Spirit, I mean, if the man of God, whoever it is in that church, doesn't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, never talks about it, then he, how can God reveal things to him? Since it takes the Holy Spirit to reveal the Word of God. I mean, is this simple or what? Hmm. So, so let's turn to Mark chapter 4, 1 and 2. We're just going to start right here. Uh, King James. Okay. Mark chapter 4, 1 in the King James. And he began again to teach by the seaside. You know why I love to be a teacher? Because this is what Jesus did. <laughs> he began again to teach by the seaside. And there was a gathering unto him, a great multitude. So that he entered into a ship and, and, sat, and sat in the sea. And the whole multitude was by the sea on the land. So he had to get on a boat to be able to talk to him because there were so many people. And he taught them many things by parables. Now, that's a key term right there. Underline that. He taught them many things by parables and said unto them in his doctrine. That's another key. In his doctrine. Those are word, key words right there. In his doctrine. Everybody say, in his doctrine. See, what's a doctrine? A doctrine one definition is law or statement of fundamental government policy. That was his policy. You know, he's a kingdom. We're kingdom citizens, and he's the king. And his, he has a statement of fundamental government policy from the kingdom of God. It's the doctrine of Jesus Christ. So Jesus' doctrine was kingdom law. So when you hear the word in his doctrine, man, we underline it and we said we get hungry like, okay, I want to know what his doctrine is, you know. Because this world's doctrine has kept lots of so-called Christians from the truth. This world's doctrine. Many have brainwashed a lot of people with religious doctrines. See? Religious doctrines. What do I mean by that? See, they never took the time to research the doctrine of Jesus. So listen to this. When, you, when I joined the Catholic Church, guess what I had to learn? The doctrine of the Catholic Church. I had to go to catechism. I think that's what you call it. Something like that. Catechism? Catechism? <laughs> I forgot even the word. But I had to go learn what Catholics were. And half the time, I couldn't learn the prayers. I, I, I was dumb then, you know. So I learned the Our Father, and that's about it, and the Hail Mary, and Our Father. I couldn't learn none of the big confession prayers, all these other things they told me. You know, everything we had to do, you know, hit our chest three times and, you know, whatever, you know. But that's a doctrine of the Catholic Church. Or if you join the Baptist Church, you go to the, I guess, their classes to learn what Baptists do. Or Assembly of God. I was attending a church when I left Lakewood that was Assembly of God Church, and I didn't even knew what that was. 
I thought it was a, the preacher was okay, but then when I heard, that, oh, this is Assembly of God Church, I didn't know I was sitting in Assembly of God Church, and I didn't know what they believe in. See, so, because I was not Assembly of God, I was just a born again believer. If you become a Jehovah Witness, you know you got to learn the doctrine, right? I mean, we become Jehovah Witness tomorrow. What what, what are we going to do? We're going to have to learn what they do. You know? Or we become Muslim. They, I'm sure they got a doctrine. They don't believe the way we do, but they also have a doctrine. You know? I don't want to know, but, you know, I'm sure there is, you know? <laughs> so we must study their doctrine and start doing them. But now let's listen to the truth. The only true doctrine for us believers is the doctrine of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, our King. That's the only doctrine I want to understand and believe and understand. Can I have an amen? I'm having him already, but. <laughs> so to understand his doctrine, we must understand the mind of Christ. Everybody say the mind of Christ. We're going deep. <laughs> we can't understand the doctrine of Jesus Christ if we don't understand the mind of Christ. Philippians 2.5 in the King James tells us, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So, so if it tells us, let this mind be in you, what are we supposed to do? Let this mind be in you. We obey. So how are we going to find out his name? We study his word. And let everything that he told us to do get become our mind. His mind becomes our mind. And then when his mind becomes our mind, we start forgetting all about our old past and become like him. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So we get the mind of Christ in us. We already have the spirit of Christ in us. We already have him in our body and in his temple. Now we need him in our mind. Because our mind dictates a lot of what we do. And a lot of people get Jesus in their heart, but they don't never change their mind. And they still think like the old mind. And you cannot be rich thinking like the old mind. You have to get the mind of Christ in you so that you can start manifesting in abundance. Are you really getting? <laughs> this is kingdom of God information. Man. Oh, my God. Can I just be loose? <laughs> so before I, get, but before I go any further, I'm going to ask Courtney to come up here. Do you have one of those? Uh, yeah. Courtney's going to read a little bit to water your, your mouth on the, what you have in your hand. Don't open it yet, but she's going to read a little bit. And then I'm going to continue to teach. I mean, I'm just doing this. I'm just following the Holy Ghost. Okay. Um, God's plan, promise, and purpose of prosperity. Isaiah 55, verse 6 to 11. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. 
Let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, to and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth, and it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. For the wicked to find God's mercy, he must forsake his ways and his thoughts. For us to be blessed financially, we must forsake some of our ways and some of our thoughts. God has purpose in all scripture. The purpose of financial scriptures is to help us prosper financially. God said his word shall prosper in the thing whereto he sends it. At the beginning of this study, let's determine to change our ways and thoughts about finances so God can bless us financially. Mark 16 and 15. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Jesus' command is to reach the unreachable, to touch the untouchable, and to love the unlovable. Every creature has a right to hear the good news about Jesus. 1 Timothy 2, 3 and 4. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. It is God's will for all people to be saved. And James 5, 1 to 8, Go to now, ye rich man, weep and howl, for your miseries shall come upon you. Your riches are corrupted, and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver is cankered, and the rust of them shall be a witness against you, and shall eat your flesh, flesh as it were fire. Ye have heaped treasure together for the last days. Behold, the hire of the laborers who have reaped down your fields, which is of you, kept back by fraud, crieth. And the cries of them which have reaped are entered into the ears of the Lord of Sabbath. He who lived in pleasure on the earth and be wanton, ye have nourished your, thought, your hearts as in a day of slaughter. Ye have condemned and killed the just, and he doth not res resist you. Be patient, therefore, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husband, husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he receive the early and latter rain. Be ye also patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. God is waiting for the precious fruit of the earth, people. In Romans 8, 32, He that spareth not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him 
also freely give us all things. Since God gave heaven's best, he will freely give us whatever we need to meet our own needs and to evangelize the world. That just waters your, waters your mouth so you'll study the rest on your own. All right? That's what you have in your hand. That's powerful. That's what that man of God thought about finances. Be was to evangelize the world. God wants you rich to evangelize the world. See? I knew that. When, when, we, when we became rich, the first thing that God said is give this much to the work of God, and we did it. And I'm talking about a lot that we had. Empty your bank account and give it, and we did it because that's what John Austin taught us to do. You, you accumulate wealth for the gospel so that men will be saved. Hallelujah. Hmm. So can we dissect the doctrine of Jesus Christ? Are you ready? Turn to Mark 4. One, we'll read 1 to 3. We'll go through the book of Mark, chapter 4. But this verse is key. No, 13, I'm sorry. Mark, Mark 4, chapter, uh, verse 13 in the King James. And he said unto them, are you all listening? Know you not this parable? And how then would you know all parables? Man, when I saw this, when I first read this, know you're not this parable, then I want to know all parables. So when he asked that question, I didn't go any further. I had to research. I had to stop. Wait a minute. I got, what, I got to know this parable. Because if I don't know this parable, then everything else won't open up for me. And, and what, how do you study the Bible? You meditate and you talk to the Holy Spirit and you pray and you ask him, please open the parable for me because I want to know. I want to understand. You talk to God as you're studying. Hmm. Okay, so let, let, let's make it personal. Jesus is talking to you right now. And he asks, if you don't know this parable, then how will you know all parables? Are you getting it? Let's think about this for a minute. Hallelujah. Here we have the key that qualifies us to understand all parables. So that we must really understand what these two verses are saying. So please study Mark chapter 4 on your own and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal it but, and read it and ponder on it. And read it until it speaks to your heart. You read it and read it over and over and over. Don't just go on to the next. No, read it until it, until your heart jumps up and says, I know now what he's talking about. Mark 4 will, will at first seem confusing. But keep studying and revelation will come, I promise you. If you keep studying the word, revelation will come. God is not a man that he will lie. And he, and he wants to reveal his word to you. Not just teach it in your brain, but reveal it to your heart. So let me take Mark 4, uh, uh, the journey. I call it the journey of, of Mark 4. 
Let's start by reading Mark 4.3 in the Amplified. Mark 4.3 in the Amplified. What's the first word? Listen. Are you listening? I'm going slow so that you can get it, you know. It says listen. So some of you all that a lot of times don't pay attention, listen. Some of you that are on your iPhone and looking down and whatever it is said, Facebook and church. I know there's some of you. I've seen you. Put them up and listen. Jesus said, listen, let's obey. Remember we said we're going to obey? It's an easy obey that one word. Listen. A sower went out to sow seed. I'm putting mine on silent before it rings. <laughs> Pastor Jesus' phone ring while he was up there. I have forgotten to put it on silent. See, I mean, I'm, I'm listening. I'm doing what I'm telling you to. Um, <laughs> Hallelujah. What did he say? A sower went out. To sow seed. He's referring to planting seeds, right? When a farmer plants seeds, he can encounter four circumstances. So Jesus tells us in verse 4, the seed, you sow seed, some fell by the road. Okay. And uh, the seed can fall by the wayside and become food for the birds. In verse 5, in LT, he says, the seed that falls in stony ground, it brings forth a sprout. However, the soil was shallow and unable to sustain normal growth. Then in verse 6, in NLT, he says, but the plant sown wilted under hot sun, and since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Then in verse 7, he tells us about the seed that falls among thorns. Now, if you, if you turn to Luke 8, uh, Luke 8, 7, it tells us that other seed fell among thorns and grew up with it and choked out the tender plants. The weeds or thorns weren't grown yet. Listen to this. This is key. The ground appeared good. There was no weeds. So the, the sower sowed on that ground looked good. The weeds and thorns grew up with it because the weeds were under the ground and choked it. Are you getting it? Sometimes the ground or the persons. See? That's how you got to reveal this. He's not talking about just ground. Sometimes the person might appear to be good, but the weeds are in there. See? A lot of times people get jobs, make deals with people that, that appear to be good, and you're, you're honest, but the weeds are in there. Then you lose everything. So, so he's revealing that, you know, you got to be careful who you sow in and what you sow. That, the weeds won't appear right away, you know. 
They appear to be good, but the weeds don't appear until the crop begins to grow. Who's learning something? So after three failed attempts, the sower finally gets it right. Jesus is telling us this. But he's not talking about just seed. He's talking about people. He sows in good ground and receives his, his miracle growth. Did you get it? When you sow in good ground, you get your miracle. But you can't get your miracle until you sow. But you can sow in bad ground and not get your miracle. And you can be sowing in stony ground and not get it. But when you finally hit the good ground and you sow in a good place, then your miracle growth happens. And by sowing, you can take it as sowing, giving. If you sow in a good cause and a good church and a good pastor and a good preacher. See, that's why, you know, when Jonathan Shuttlesworth comes or, or Tiff Shuttlesworth comes or Pastor Rodney or I go to their church, I know that's good ground. And I sow more there than I sow anywhere else. Because I'm wanting a good return. I want a miracle growth. And it happens every time without fail. But before I knew all this, you just saw in every place you go, just because you hear somebody preach or whatever, and you, you, you know, people come here maybe as guests and they give. They don't know what, whether what we're good or bad. They don't, they don't follow us. But, but thank God if we are good ground. But, but, but sometimes you can be bad ground, you know. I mean, we, we saw it in, in a church before we got here for a long time, and, it was, and the weeds were there, and I didn't even see them until, until it choked everything for, that we had. And we had to start all over again. I know by experience. Yeah, some of you are shaking your head if you know, but some of you don't know. You haven't been there yet. It hurts to know that you've been that you sold on something and all of a sudden that that something had weeds. And didn't grow. It choked it. But thank God this place is 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 is, is, is a good ground. And we see it. And I don't mind sowing here. Abundantly, because it's always going to give a good return. Hallelujah. You have to sow in good ground before you can receive your miracle growth. Unfortunately, sometimes we learn the hard way. A miracle or growth or a harvest of more than enough return is what we're always looking for. Because Jesus said that I'll give you more than enough. Mark 4, 8 puts it this way. Mark 4, chapter, uh, yeah, chapter 4, verse 8. The seed that fell in good soil, on fertile soil, good soil, as the plants grow, it increased. They yielded a crop and produced 30, everybody say 30, 60, and 100 times as much as he had been sown. That's the promise of God, that he will return to you some 30, some 60, some 100. But he didn't say negative. You might, you might get 30, that's better than, than, than a lot. 60 is even better, and 100 is even better. But you always sow in good ground, believing for a hundredfold return. Hallelujah. The next verse is also very important, Mark 4, 9 in the NLT. He said unto them, anyone with ears, how many people here have ears? 
Hear, <laughs> ears to hear, should listen and understand. Hmm. Anyone with ears, who qualifies here? Okay. If you have ears to hear, then you should listen and understand. Now, underline understand, because that's where people miss it. They hear, but they didn't understand. And so don't ever leave without understanding. If you don't understand, then schedule a, a meeting with me or Pastor George or, you know, Pastor Sandy or, or you know, something to, to, so that we can clear your understanding. You know, don't leave and say, I heard, but I didn't understand a word he said. It's your fault. Because when I didn't understand John Osteen, I mean, I kept following him around. You know, invite him to ball games and stuff, you know, because I wanted to pick his brain, you know. I wanted him to understand, you know. Hallelujah. Some listen, but don't understand. Matthew 13, 30, uh, 23 in NLT. Matthew 13, 23 in the NLT. The seed that fell in good ground represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, and 100 times as much as had been planted. Hmm. Then in Matthew 15, 10, he says, then Jesus called to the crowd to come and hear. Listen, he said, and try to understand. This Jesus is still talking to this massive crowd. Listen and try to understand, because he knew that some people might not understand the seed, sowing, ground. What does all this have to do with me? The kingdom of God works in sowing and reaping. You sow the word. You sow finances, you sow, you give, and you get. Everything in the kingdom of God depends on sowing. That's what he's talking about. Everything you have to sow, you cannot re reap what you have never sown. And when you understand, then you sow freely. See? When you understand, that's when you say a joyful giver. He's a a giver that understands that he's going to get a return. Some 30, some 60, some 100. He knows already because he understands that, man, if I sow, I'm going to get. If I tithe, the windows will open up. I'm going to do it. I willfully obey him. Then I'm happy because I cannot, I can just see my 30. I can just see my 60. And I can just see the 100 full return. I see it already. Because I understand God is not a man that he would lie. And I have sown his word in my heart. Because the first thing you do is you sown, you let the pastors and the teachers sow the word in your heart. Because I'm sowing right now. And some is falling in good ground. And some is falling in bad ground. And some is falling on rocky ground. Because we don't have the whole church full of, well, here I think we do. But, you know, most places you go, you have all kinds of different soil. So you want to make sure that your soil is good ground. You know, it's already ready, ready for growth. And then, you, and then it grows in you, and then you, the Word of God grows in you. Hallelujah. 
Jesus used this word a lot. Not just, not just the word here, but understand. When you hear, here's my example. I always teach an example. It's like when you hear a foreigner, a foreign, a foreigner comes in here from Africa or wherever, Chinese, and they're speaking to each other. You hear them, but you don't understand. That's what he's talking about. See? You hear people talking, and, and you don't understand what they're saying. But, so you had ears to hear, but you didn't understand. So you have to understand. And if you don't understand, you ask him, hey, what are you talking about? Then they break it down to you. And if you don't understand the word of God, then ask questions. Until you understand, oh, so that's what he meant. Oh, you mean sowing. Oh, now I know. Now I can obey what I understand. Do you understand? <laughs> Are you getting it? Am I, too, am I too simple? So here's my foundation for part, part two or part three of manifesting abundance. Matthew 13, 23 in the King James. Are you there? Hallelujah. But he that receives seed, he that received seed into the ground, into the good ground, is he that heareth the word. Say, I hear the word. I understand it. That's which also bear fruit and bring it forth some a hundred and some sixty and some thirty. Who? He that understand it. <laughs> he received the seed in his heart because he's good ground. That's you. Say, I received the word in my heart because I'm good ground and I understand it. So I'm going to bear fruit. Maybe a hundredfold. Maybe 60. But not less than 30. Yeah. I mean, you're guaranteed. Increase is always guaranteed. I think you're getting it. I don't have to go long, right? I mean, you're getting it. You, you got a lot today already, right? So let's read Mark chapter 4. And it will set us up for part 2. How's that? But before we do that, let me say this. Jesus taught his disciples how to live independent of this world. This world system. So he taught his disciples how to live independent of this world system. And if we understand his word, we can live independent of this world system. And in order to do that, they had to change the way they thought. We have to change the way we think. In order for us 
to learn how to manifest an, 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 an abundance independent from this world system. See? So he's telling me how to manifest an abundance independent from this world system. We have to change the way we think. We have to start thinking the way the kingdom of God thinks. That is the doctrine of Jesus, okay? So in the, in the living translation, picture this. Picture this whole setting as we read it. Are you ready? So push Mark chapter 4. It starts with once again, by the way, on NLT. There it is. Once again, Jesus began teaching by the, lake, by the lake shore. A very large crowd soon gathered around him. So he got into the boat. Then he sat in the boat while all the people remained in the shore. He taught them by telling them many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed, and he scattered across his field. Some of the seed fell on footpath, and birds came and ate it. Other seed fell in shallow soil and underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. Then the plant soon wilted under the hot sun, and since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants, so they produced no grain. Still, other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they sprouted, grew, and produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Then he said, anyone with ears here should listen and understand. Later, when Jesus was alone with the 12 disciples and with the others who gathered around, they asked him, See, you follow the man of God, and you sit around, and then you can ask him privately. That's what the, some of them did. They followed him, and they asked him, what, what did the parables meant? They didn't understand. He replied, you are permitted to understand the secret of the kingdom of God, but I use parables for everything I say, outsiders. So that the scriptures might be fulfilled. When they see what I do, they will learn nothing. When they hear what I say, they will not understand. Otherwise, they will turn to me and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, If you can't understand meaning of this, of this parable, how are you to understand all the other parables? The farmer plants the seed by taking God's word to others. You hear it? That's what he's explaining it now. The seed that fell on, on, on footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come and take it away. Some of you have went somewhere and heard the message and then Satan took it away. The seed on Rocky represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they didn't have deep roots, they don't, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or persecution for believing God's word. As soon as somebody laughs at you, oh, you went to church? You're a Christian? Then you, boom, you forget it. No, no, that's okay. I'm, you know, you stop talking. And then you go back to the old life again. 
The seed that fell among thorns represents others who hear God's word. But all too quickly, the message is crowded out by worries of this life. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication, make your request known to me. Be anxious for nothing. That's a command. Worries choke the word out. Anxious chokes the word out. I don't care how bad you're having it. You are still looking straight ahead and God by faith. And I see the things that be not, I call them as they are. And I don't see the, the real life. I see it by the eyes of faith. And therefore, I have joy. But, but all too quickly, the message is crowded by, by words of this life. The lure of wealth and the desire for other things, so no fruit is produced. And the seed that fell on good soil, say that's me, represent those who hear, accept God's word, and produce a harvest, some 30, some 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Then Jesus asked them, would anyone light a, a lamp and put, and put it under a basket or under a bed? Of course not. A lamp is placed on a stand where the light will shine. For everything that is hidden will eventually be brought into the open, and every secret will be brought to light. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Then added, Pay close attention to, the, to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given. See, so understanding comes from God. So you pray and ask the Holy Spirit to give you understanding. And you will receive even more. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening... Not even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. Jesus also said the kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. Night and day. Listen to this. This is key. I taught this a long time ago. Night and day while he sleeps or awake, the seed sprouts and grows. But he does not understand how it happened. The earth produces the crops on its own. First a leaf. Blade pushes through, then the head of the wheat is formed, and finally the grain ripens. Hallelujah. And as soon as the grain is ready, the farmer comes and harvests it with a sickle. So the harvest time has come. Jesus said, how can I describe the kingdom of God? What story should I use to illustrate it? It is like a mustard seed planted in the ground. It is the smallest of all seeds. But it becomes the largest of all garden plants. It grows long branches, and birds can make rest in the shade, a nest in the shade. Jesus used many similar stories and illustrations to, to teach the people to, as much as they could understand. In fact, in public ministry, he never, he never taught without using parables. But afterwards, when he was alone with his disciples, he explained everything to them. See, that's the key. You have to hang around the man of God, the woman of God, so that you can learn more. And some of you here, I see you doing it all the time, you know. Because when he spoke in parables, he spoke because he didn't want nobody to understand. 
because the world don't understand. And if you start telling them things about God, they don't understand. But the, but the men and women that are saved, born again, full of the Holy Ghost, they do understand. And, 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 and this is a, a, a teaching that I gave a long time ago. I said, I said, when you plant the seed, you don't go dig it up, see what, how what's happening. You go to sleep, and you wake up. You go to sleep, and you wake up. You go to sleep, and you wake up. And then the little plant starts to come up on its own. Because you water it by the word, and you're praying. So then you go to sleep and wake up. Then you go to sleep and wake up. And then you see a little more plant. And what are you doing? Going to sleep and wake up. And then, then the whole thing's boom. All of a sudden, you got it. And, and you didn't do anything but sleep and woke up. Because you, you planted the seed by the, by the word, and you let it grow on its own. I go to sleep and wake up, and I come back here, and I see some of you already growing. And then I go to sleep and wake up, come back here, and I see even more growth. And then I go to sleep and wake up, and then I see you bringing your family. <laughs> then I go to sleep and wake up, and then I, then I see you bring an, a, a, an aunt or a cousin. And then I went to sleep and wake up, and I see all these kids running around outside, firecrackers and, and everything going off. And I'm at home, you know, the, I see the pictures they send and all that. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm like so happy because I went to sleep and woke up. And wh how did all this happen? How did all these people exploded in the, in the property and fireworks? And, and my God, you know, I mean, what did I do? Nothing but sow the seed. Sow the seed. Sow the seed. Then I went to sleep and woke up. I didn't come out here and check it out, see if it really worked or not. Because God created the, everything. All we did was plant the seed. All I'm doing tonight is planting the seed. And some of you are growing. And pretty soon this place is not only is going to explode with fun things, but with church people. This place is going to explode. And this celibus that you got in there, that's what created that big Lakewood church you see on the freeway. It came out of that syllabus from John Osteen because we all became rich in that church. When we had 500 people, there were 500 rich men. But when we started, it was 500 poor men. And once we all became rich, we started giving six figures instead of one figure or two figures or three figures, six figures. Because he made us pledged. To start a big building, like in one year, how much can you bring in? We all put a big amount, and we and we had to. When you pledge, you have to bring it in, and we enough to to start the foundation. You know, I'm talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars came from that little church feed store that we that we run back in 1990. It was a uh, 500 people, but they didn't build that building from John Austin's finances. Building from the people's giving because he taught us how to become rich, <laughs> and I want all y'all to be rich. Okay. Y'all don't believe me because y'all y'all just so quiet. Like man, that that man is that man's lost his. <laughs> Do you understand? Mara, you think they understand? 
No, but you were with me. You were with me. Come and come tell them that. Come, 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 come tell them how, how we did it. You know, man. Look, we were, we were, she was with us over there. I mean, she came. And there's some of the people followed. We went together. Am I, am I, am I crazy? No, you're not. Everything that God is, it produces. Uh, uh, whatever it is that you sow, you will reap. That's why, you know, he established his word so we can abide in his word. And not just abide, it, but begin to, uh, um, uh, begin to develop it in our lives, in every area of our lives. Not just in our finances, but in our health, and our, in our uh, marriage, and our kids, and in every area of your life, you know. So God is a God of abundance, and he is correct. Mark chapter 4 is one of the, I mean, I learned and grew a lot in that whole chapter. But one of the things that, that he was saying is, you know, you have to hear. You have to hear. So you have to place yourself where the word is being taught. And once you hear it, then you have to understand it. So any distractions going around you, block them. Block all the haters. And maybe you're like, uh, I don't know. You know, I don't know, uh, I, I might not understand it right now. Maybe it's, it's, not, it's not rubbing me the right way because every time the word prosperity is spoken, people are like, you have a lot of opinions. Just put it in the shelf and begin to understand what the Lord wants to say to you individually. I don't know where you're at in your walk with the Lord, but he knows what you need. And we're not going to compromise. And we're not going to just take some things and not these things because we don't want to hurt people's feelings. No. Here in this church, you're going to hear the whole pie. You're going to hear from Genesis to Revelations, from marriage to finances to children to in every area. Because this is what God is and this is what God wants you to learn. So we can grow and develop. Ten. 60, 100 fold in your life so that people can see that you are the light of this world. See, a lot of people look at the world for guidance because they're flashing all this, all that. Oh, they might be having fun for a little while, but the kingdom of God doesn't work like the world. We're supposed to be the light of the world and people should be looking at us. See, the enemy knows where he can rub you the wrong way because you have no understanding. Because you close yourself. Be free in the name of Jesus with your mind. The Bible says that his thoughts are not your thoughts because you've been growing up how you were raised. But that's not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the word of the Lord. And you need to allow the Holy Spirit to guide you, not man. Who cares what man says? You know what? People are always going to say different things or different opinions. But you build a relationship with your heavenly father and be guided through the Holy Spirit. And let the truth be the truth and every man a liar. See, we can't be taught through and fro. We can't be tossed around. Just because somebody thinks a certain way and somebody doesn't think a certain way. No. Be led by the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, I have given you. I left. I'm going to leave. 
But I'm going to be sitting with my, you know, Jesus says, I'm going to leave. And I am sitting at the right hand of the Father pleading for you. But you know what? I did not leave you alone or hopeless. I left you the spirit of the Holy Spirit, the, the Holy Ghost. So you can receive it and obtain it and walk with God. Walk with God. He lives in you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is of this world. You are no longer the way of the world lives. So don't ever be confused about the word. If God spoke to you, if God said it, then receive it and say, Lord, I might not understand, but be real with him. Lord, I might not know, understand everything, but you know what, Lord, I trust you. Because if God is for me, who dare be against me? If you truly believe that God is for you, no matter how your situation may be, even with your finances, even with your marriage, no matter what you think God loves, doesn't love you, God loves you. And if you focus and keep your eyes on Jesus, then he's going to make a way where there seems no way. Don't depend on the people next to you. Depend on the word depend on God what he says you know I I came broken when I came to the Lord I had nothing we were foreclosure yeah you know I've been uh, uh when I, I I'm talking about when I say yes to the Lord and never ever went back it's been what 15 years that I never say oh no well I don't know about this Lord Jesus thing I never went back I encounter the word. I encounter the love of God, the love that never wavers, the love that I say, Lord, I love you no matter what. I love you. I love you without my husband. I love you from rich or poor. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I don't care if my kids are acting crazy. I love you. I love you. My situation, my circumstances are not going to be able to stand against how I feel about God. My situation is, doesn't change the way I love God. I don't serve God because I am in need. I serve him because I love him. And because I encounter him, I encounter his love. And if you have not encountered that love that, that will never look back in your past, Keep seeking him with all your heart, soul, and mind. And you got to forgive people. That's the most important thing that you can do is don't ever pick up trash. Don't ever pick up your trash. Don't ever pick or look backwards. Let go and let God. I'm telling you. I'm telling you because it worked. The word works if you work it. But you got to work the word to be able to see fruit in your life. Don't tell me that the word doesn't work. If you are obeying the word and understanding what he's trying to tell you every time that you walk in these doors. I don't take it lightly when the word is being preached. I'm going to take heed. I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen. 
and try to understand. And if I don't understand that time, that's why you said study the word to show yourself approved. Don't be a quitter. Seek the kingdom. And that's all I have to say. <laughs> all right. Well, he wants me to do the altar call. <laughs> God is so good. You know, I don't know where you're at in your walk with the Lord. But you might say, you know what? I was one of those people that maybe I, I messed up and, and I didn't understand and my, my mouth went loose. <laughs> and went in different directions. Whatever it is. Because I don't know where everybody is at. But today is your day. Today is the day of salvation. The Lord says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, ye shall be safe. And you are whosoever. So I don't know. Examine yourself. Say, Lord, why do I keep looking back? I want to encounter you, Lord, like never before. I want to run to you, not from you. Every situation that I might arise in my life. But I want to seek you, Lord. And I want you to forgive me tonight. Whatever it is you, where you're standing at tonight, only you know. So I'm going to give you an opportunity. If you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's number one. Because you're not even his child. But the moment that you accept that call, accept his salvation, that's the beginning to be able to communicate with your heavenly father. So I'm going to give you an opportunity for that. If that's you, I'll ask you to come to the front. And we're going to pray for you. That's one. Now the second one. Hey, I made Jesus Christ the Lord of my, my life, but I messed up. And I want to make it right with the Lord. If that's you, you can come to the front. And if you need prayer, just come to the front. Glory be to God. Give you an opportunity in our next worship.